Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is Internet Marketing. Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.co.uk. This is Internet Marketing. Now, before we start today, we'd like to encourage anyone looking for help with their digital marketing to get in touch with Site Visibility. Whether you have a burning digital marketing question or you're looking for an agency to work with, they'd love to hear from you. Give them a call, plus 441273-733-433, or you can fill out the form at sitevisibility.co.uk slash contact. Alternatively, you can speak in real time, to Scott or Sean via the live chat function on the site. They'd be more than happy to help. Now, today I'm joined by Casey Gillette, Senior Director of Digital at Co-Marketing, which is a B2B agency based in Boston, Massachusetts. How are you, Casey? I'm good. Thanks for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. And I have to ask, because this is a tradition on this show, what's the weather doing in Boston right now? You know, it's actually really nice. So fall is the absolute best time here. Um, spring and fall are the best because it's cool. It's not too hot. It's yeah. sunny. Yeah. So like this, you know, if you talk to me in a month, I'm going to be miserable. But right now, lovely. Good. Yeah, we're, it's, it's actually my favorite time of the year as well. It's quite crisp and bright over here at the moment yeah. As, well. Yeah, as well. Tell us about yourself and co-marketing, by the way, which is spelt K-O marketing, isn't it? It is, yeah. But it's actually pretty interesting. The guy who founded the company, who's actually no longer here, his last name started with K-O. Ah. And so it was really a play on his name and, you know, the term of like co-marketing of like partnerships, but uh, it loses its impact when that person isn't here anymore. So, yeah, you know, the company itself has been around since 2004, um, which is pretty cool, right? I mean, especially for an agency that focuses just on search. Um, and I have actually been here for a total of 10 years Huh? So I was here for three years, went in house for a couple years, and I've been back seven. So, um, you know, I think that's pretty cool. You you completely see a company grow in that time. Um, we went from three people when I was here the first time to uh, 28 or 30 people, whatever we're at now. And, you know, that's a big difference. Yeah, so, yeah. It's pretty cool. I mean, my background is in search. I started in 2005 working at an agency, um, search content, you know, obviously got into social, some other things, right? You have to actually learn all these things to be a digital marketer. It's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, I just, I love the search community. I love what we do, Um, you know, really passionate about it, um, which I think makes us really lucky. You know, I, I don't know a lot of people who truly enjoy what they do. And I, I have to say that I genuinely do. 
Now, I want to talk about um, something that we t- we touch on on a fairly regular basis in this show, which is content or content marketing. You know, it feels like everyone's doing it now. It must be, what, 4 million blog posts a day? I think it's 4 million um, plus social and video. And I'm just wondering what are some of the issues facing businesses because of this? Because there's a lot of content out there. Yeah, um, I love that 4 million stat um, because it just happened this year. So I always use that in content marketing presentations. Yeah. And it used to be 2 million. So it was 2 million a day. And then this year it jumped up to four. And I was like, oh my goodness, like it's <laughs> just too much, right? Yeah. And like on top of that, you have social, which is just its own beast and video, right? It's like 300 hours a minute or whatever it yes. is. And I think because of that, you know, it's, it's hard to cut through that noise. You know, if you're a business, you're, you're spending time and money and resources to create content, but I don't think it's getting seen like it used to. Right. And on top of that, we know that engagement is down. So, um, I always pull like, you know, stats around engagement and it's a minimal, right? Like it's like 30% of people engage with a blog post or maybe not even that much, which just really makes me sad because you know the amount of time that goes into creating that. So Mm. I think on top of the engagement issue, the noise, um, I do think there's a lack of direction, right? Businesses think they have to create content, but they're not really thinking about the why, You know, it's like everyone has to do it, but they're not thinking, why are we actually doing this? And, you know, I I think things are changing a little bit. You know, people are getting away from just creating content for the sake of creating content. Uh, But I still see that a lot, you Mm. know, and I'm sure you do as well of of people just building stuff that's still pretty crappy. (laughs) Because you did a talk, uh, I think was it it, um, MozCon, wasn't it? Yeah. Earlier this year. And you were talking about the, sort of the need to to grow up, which I rather yes. liked as a as an expert. What did you mean by that exactly? Well, it, uh, that actually, so I gave a talk about that last year as well. Um, and it stemmed from this article that Mark Traphagen wrote um, a couple years ago, and he was talking about social. And what he was saying, like the premise of it was that social was this fairly new thing. And because of it, you can get away with not having to drive results, right? Like no one really knew what the end goal was. It just was like, this is amazing. And we can put this stuff out there. And because it's new, like we should be doing it. But now is the time for people to actually think about, okay, what are the goals? What's the ROI of this? And I think content is now at that place as well, where, okay, we've been creating content for a while but what are we actually getting from it? And so I think there actually is more account. There has to be more accountability, but I do see that shifting, right? We do have clients now who they specifically want to know, okay, how is the blog impacting our business? And that wasn't always the case. So I do think it's shifting and, you know, hopefully we're growing up a little yeah, bit. Yeah. So it was the shiny new thing uh, syndrome, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. I guess they tend to create what they think their audience wants. How do you, how can we get better at creating something that our people actually, or the people that look at our content actually want? Yeah, um, I always talk about this. So I was doing a, I was doing a show and this, you know, this lovely young woman came up after and said, she's like, you know, I just, I'm trying to get infographics through and nobody wants, you know, I'm having a really hard time. And I looked at her and I said, well, why, (laughs) why are you doing that? And She was like, I don't, you know, I just, I think it would be, you know, I know a lot of people are doing it and I've been told infographics help. And I thought, I said, you know, that's not really why you should be doing it. Um, And that's kind of the problem that, that I think we have, you know, that goes to what we just kind of talked about. But 
we have so much data now. And that's the one thing that I think is cool. And I think part of the reason I like content marketing so much is because there's this side of it that's analytical, but there's also a side of it that's creative. Yes. And so a lot of times, right, like people who love content, like maybe they like it for the creative side. But part of the reason I love search so much is because you're you're figuring out the data and what it means and what you need to do next. So now we have that for content, right? We, we have analytics and we can see like who's visiting, like what are they doing? Like what types of content do they actually like? Um, what's resonating? And so that has really become the core of content marketing programs. And, and you wouldn't necessarily think that, right? Like when we're talking about content, you think creative, but I think there's so much more. And so as marketers, we have to spend time digging into that data to figure out, okay, like if my goal is to create this piece of content to generate rankings, well, I need to look at the data to see what's actually out there already, right? Mm -hmm. What are the SERPs showing? What is my data showing? So that's a lot of our strategy is really just the data. Um, at the same time, like I think we can't be afraid to be creative, right? I don't want to lose that. And I don't think it should get lost, right? Because our audience still wants something that's interesting. And because there's so much junk out there, we actually have to make it really interesting sure. um, on top of, of using that data. So I think there's a couple of things, right? It's making sure that, you know, you're looking at who your audience is, um, you know, paying attention to things like what are they searching for on your site? Mm. Um, I always talk about like site search, People who don't have that enabled, it drives me bonkers. <laughs> it's like, right. like pure gold, right? Or like people who don't look at their support tickets or look at the support site, right? Like we have a client who we actually just found the other day that they have this knowledge base that has been hidden. And we were like, this is amazing content. Like we need this. Like we want to take this and use this. So there's things out there that, you know, your customers are directly talking to you. Go look at it and see. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, actually, that you mentioned um, infographics because I used to work for a content creation agency. It must have been about ooh, five years ago now. And I remember that infographics were all the rage. I mean, we were oh, doing yeah. so many infographics for various clients. And I guess, again, it was the, the shiny new thing syndrome, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, to be fair, like there are some really cool ones out there. I know of some agencies who do them. But they definitely, yeah, it definitely that was the thing, right, where everyone thought, okay, now I have to do this. Um, but, you know, then they were creating like junky ones that were <laughs> yes. actually useful. Yeah. yeah. I think ads were quite good, actually. I have to say that. Yeah. That's good. Um, well, that's a plus. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about the sort of integration of search and content. And I'm wondering what mistakes you see people do when they're trying to balance their SEO versus their content? Yeah. Uh, you know, like I said, I, I do think there is that, that combination now. And for me, it's why I love this field so much because you get to do these different things. Um, but I do think, you know, and I still see it and it drives me bonkers of people writing content because they think that's what is going to help them in search. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, and what I mean by that is you see people just still creating this like really keyword heavy piece of content or putting keywords in where it's not natural, mm. you know, and I have that conversation a lot here, um, you know, even with some of our writers where I will say like, you don't have to force keywords anymore, right? Like Google's gotten to the point where they're smart enough to figure out the context of things. And, you know, you don't have to use that keyword five sure. times, whatever it is, you know, you don't have to have that exact phrase. Yeah. Um, so I do sometimes think like, 
people, they balance that quality for the sake of thinking that they have to create something just for search. You know, it doesn't have to just be focused on the keywords. Um, I think another thing too that, and honestly, I'd say this is something that that I have personally started to see more over the past few years is we used to make sure that clients had, you know, two posts going up a week, whatever it was. And I don't necessarily think that you need that anymore. Mm. I don't think it's necessarily about the quality or the quantity. I'm sorry. It's more about the quality of what you're writing. And we see that in the studies, right? You know, like BuzzSumo studies, Moz studies, they'll say, you know, the the longer posts tend to resonate more. They're the ones that perform better. So, you know, I, I think the key is making sure that, yes, you can write good content and you can optimize it for search. You don't have to write for search and optimize for your users. Like it really should be the opposite. Yeah. Interesting. You mentioned about keywords there. Do you, do you feel that keywords have had their day or is the keyword landscape, sorry, horrible phrase, keyword landscape, is it, do you think it's just changing and adjusting itself a bit these days? It's, a, it's adjusting. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. Keywords are still the foundation of a program and I think they should be, right? Because if you're not writing, if you're not choosing the right keywords, how do you write to your audience? Yeah. You need to know what they're actually looking for. So, I mean, the one thing we definitely do now that's much different is we don't have to have the keyword directly in the title, right? Every post yeah. doesn't have to be targeted to that specific keyword. Um, you know, just really thinking about the entities or like the theme of the post has become a much different thing. But keywords obviously still play a role. I mean, we do so much around that. Um, you know, even just thinking about something like cross links, like where are we going to link to um, from this piece of content? I still think that plays a role. Yeah. So do you have, in your opinion, do you have any examples of companies who you think are doing a really great job with content? Yeah, there's a lot. Um, and I think it varies. There's a couple. So in the presentation that I gave at Moz, MozCon this year, um, there is this brand and they're, um, they're here in the U.S. and they're called Somersault and they sell bathing suits uh, specifically to women. And what I think they do that's really cool is they built this uh, bathing suit like finder. And so oh, yeah. it, it's super awesome because, you know, as a woman specifically, when you're looking for swimsuits, it's like, okay, this is going to be like buying online is like a real risky endeavor. So sure. what they did was they built this five step thing. It basically takes you through like measurements and what you're looking for and the styles and what you usually wear. And at the end, it gives you not only just like sizing recommendations, but it gives you a spit out of, you know, three or four swimsuits that you might actually like. Oh, nice. um, and I just, yeah, I just thought that was such brilliant content um, that, that they were using. And, you know, they include things like that in a lot of their branding, right? Like very inclusive. Um, but I also talk a lot about, uh, there's a company called Wegmans that we have here in the States. It's a grocery store. Yeah. Um, it's only in like a few different States at this point. And it was, it's based in the town that I grew up in, which is why I have such an affinity for it. Yeah. But they have built this like cult-like following. And so if you ever meet anyone, including myself, who has been to a Wegmans or loves like, they will just like not stop telling you how amazing it is. Um, and they continue to showcase that brand and that connection with people through their content. So whether you're looking at their Instagram, um, you know, their website, their email, like even though email marketing is good. And I just, you know, I mean, you know how many emails you, you get, if I get yeah. one from them, I actually take the time to read it and go through it. Cause it's genuinely good content. And I think that says a lot 
So it's cool to see like different brands like that doing a nice job with content. It's interesting that because that last, was it, was it Wagman? Was it, how do you spell it? Um, it's W-E-G-M-A-N-S, so Wegmans. Oh, Wegmans. Because it sounds like they're, they're almost like using uh, an experience or an essence or a feeling or an atmosphere as their, as their brand. Have I got that right? That's absolutely it. And so what they have done is, is they make you feel connected to yeah. the store, right? They make you feel connected to um, – like they'll show you – here's the farmer where this corn came from. In fact, I was in the store the other day and they had a whole thing set up that said this farm came, or this corn came from X farm in, you know, Stoneham, Massachusetts, wherever it was. Yeah. Um, and then it said, we've been sourcing from this farmer for three years. And I think that's really cool, right? Yeah. It connects you to the store beyond just getting your, your produce, you're seeing where it came from. And, and it really does make you feel like, Oh, okay. Like, they care about me and they care about, um, you know, my location, right? They, they genuinely are here for the right reasons. Yeah. Whether that's true or not, who knows, but they're doing <laughs> a good job with it. So if you had one top tip or a key takeaway for our audience today, Casey, what would it be? You know, I would actually say go and look at your existing content and see what you can get rid of and what you can update. Um, this has been such a big thing for us uh, over the past couple years. We've been doing this with a lot of clients. We've been doing it with our own site. People always think when it comes to content, you have to think about something new. Take a look at what's already there, especially for organic search. It's amazing how just updating a piece can completely like boost rankings, give you a huge traffic bump. Um, and even getting rid of content, we did a whole analysis for a client. We got rid of like a hundred posts yeah. and immediately saw a jump in traffic from organic, mm. um, just by getting rid of stuff that was just kind of dragging the site down. So I'd say jump into your analytics, take a look at over the past year, you know, what has been working, what hasn't, um, and see what just you don't need anymore. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming on. How can our listeners find out more about uh, about UKCE and more about co-marketing? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, you can find me at comarketing.com, so ko-marketing.com. Um, you can find me on Twitter. I'm pretty active there, KCG, or you can email me at Casey at co-marketing. Fantastic. And KCG, that's uh, C-A-S-I-E-G, isn't it? That is. Your, your Twitter handle. Thank you very much. And thanks for listening, everyone. The show notes are in the usual place, sitevisibility.co.uk slash IM podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review. That would be great. Uh, questions and suggestions, the email is podcast at sitevisibility.co.uk. You can tweet at sitevisibility. We have a site visibility group on LinkedIn. Well, that's all from me, Andy. And it's all from Casey. Bye, everyone. Thanks, Casey. And we'll see you next time on internet marketing. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.